Hey folks, Celica here, creator and host of The Color Girl Beautiful. If you're tuning in for the first time, thanks for coming through. We're currently between seasons and we'll be back with brand new content later this fall. But not to worry, there's plenty of content for you to check out in the meantime. Obviously, the episode you're about to listen to right now is amazing, and we believe the entire back catalog is worth your time. But if you're looking for a place to start, I recommend episode one, which is an introduction to the show's genesis, or episode four, which just happens to be one of my favorites. After that, the sky's the limit. I hope you stick around, and I'm super excited for you to hear season two. Anywho, happy listening, and see you around. Blackness isn't just about race. I'm Deneen Milner, and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. On my podcast, Speakeasy with Deneen, I dive into the beauty and humanity of blackness with people like writer Tayari Jones, journalist Demetria Lucas, and rapper Killer Mike. Listen to Speakeasy with Deneen from Georgia Public Broadcasting. Subscribe for free at gpb.org slash podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Hey there, CGB listeners. This week, since release day comes during the holiday season, which is pretty hectic for a lot of us, we figured it'd be better to wait to release the last episode. To accommodate for this shift in schedule, we'll be doing something a little different and airing a bonus episode today. Some of you may know that The Colored Girl Beautiful is one of the six teams selected for the first cohort of the Google Podcast Creators Program. So the way that this works is that you receive some funding to produce your show, and you also go through a 20-week intensive training on how to produce a podcast. And at the end of that training, you have a showcase to sort of put on display what your show is about and all that you've learned. And so today, we're going to play for you the audio from the June showcase. Now, this was a live showcase, and there are visuals involved, so you'll hear references to some photos of Beyonce, Michelle Obama, and also some pretty cute pictures of me when I was a kid. For a more immersive experience, you can check out the link to the YouTube video in the description. We worked really hard to put this together, and this was one of my very first live storytelling experiences. So we hope you enjoy, and happy holidays. The colored child should be taught Negro history, that she may be proud of her dark skin. This is a quote from the book, The Colored Girl Beautiful. And when I first read these words when I was in graduate school, they felt new. They felt like something I wanted to believe was true, but wasn't really sure existed out in the real world. If by chance you are not a black person, you may not be quite as familiar with the nuances of color among black people. And I would say it's generally pretty common among black families um, to discuss skin color, and my family was no different. Um, Your particular shade of brown, categorized generally by light skin or dark skin, is always noted. So this is me as a kid. (laughs) And as you can see, I've always been about this shade of brown. Um, And I would say very firmly in the dark skin category. And while my mother told me regularly that I was pretty, she also cautioned me heavily against getting any darker. 
This is me after my first and only trip to the beach as a kid, where I got my first and only sunburn. Side note, that is not just wet hair, it is jerry-curled hair. (laughs) Thank you, early 90s. (laughs) And normally on occasions like this, where I would be out in the sun all day long, my mother would make sure that I was slathering on sunscreen to prevent tanning. Um, Now, I wasn't with my family on this particular trip, so I either skipped the sunscreen, I hated it because it made me look ashy, or I stayed out in the sun too long and just exceeded its usefulness. Either way, I snagged a nice little tan for this picture. But it was made quite clear to me that I should be putting considerable effort into not getting darker. Darker was bad. Eventually, I started to carry that around with me, this idea that I should be ashamed of my dark skin. And throughout middle and high school, you couldn't tell me that I wasn't the blackest thing walking, and in my mind, there wasn't anything worse that I could be. I hid my tan lines when I got them. I compared myself constantly to my friends who were lighter lighter than me, and I just assumed that I wasn't attractive um, because I was dark-skinned. I was just ashamed to be myself. By the time I hit college, though, it had become exhausting and miserable, and I decided that I was tired of being ashamed. I started actively working to appreciate all aspects of myself, including my skin color. And I wish I could say that it happened all at once, um, like it does in the movies where there's a girl and she's sad and she doesn't believe in herself, and then all of a sudden something profound happens to her, and the next scene she's basically turned into Beyonce, (laughs) stomping down the homecoming runway dressed as a queen. I wish it had happened to me like that, but it didn't. It happened slowly, slowly over the course of several years, um, generally my, uh, my college career and a little bit after. Um, but I started to think of myself differently. Um, so I started to seek out women who looked like me and who were darker than me that I generally felt, genuinely felt were beautiful. I embraced the black girl magic trends that were just becoming prominent around that time, and I celebrated my melanin with the rest of black America. And I reminded myself to be grateful for the incredible eight years that my first lady was the gorgeous Michelle LaVon Obama. Fast forward to grad school, and I'm in a design class with a friend of mine who's just presented on a project about um, the pressures of women to be and present in a certain way. And when I asked her about her work after class, she told me that she'd use this book, The Colored Girl Beautiful, as a reference. Now, this was around 2016, and I'd never heard of this book before, so I went home, I looked it up, and in the first few pages, I found that quote about being proud of your dark skin. This book was written by a woman named Madame Emma Zelia Hackley in 1916, and it was a collection of speeches that she gave, primarily to young black women in the Jim Crow South. She wanted them to know that they were beautiful and brilliant and the pride of the black race. Now, imagine my surprise. I've been on this lifelong journey of self-acceptance and have finally come out on the other side, loving myself more, and I come across these beautiful words written lovingly on a page over a hundred years ago. Words that could have helped make my journey easier, that I would have loved to hear at 12 or 16 or 19. And at this point, I wanted to know everything about the book. I tore through the pages looking for more of this sort of encouragement. And I found it. 
Throughout the book, I found messages telling black women to be unafraid and to have faith in themselves and to take control over our own lives. And these would have been empowering encouragements in 1916, but they resonate with me now. And as I read, I thought, this is it. This is the book that every little black girl should read growing up. So I read on, and I expected 200 pages of affirmations just like these. And I found plenty that were significant, but that wasn't all I found. Among all of the encouragements for black women, I also found phrases that did not sit well with me. I found suggestions that we try not to be noticed unless others notice how quiet we are. And I thought, what the hell is that all about? (laughs) Why is my quietness the only thing that's allowed to take up space in a room? And as much as I love Madam Hackley's encouragement for black women, I struggled with the limitations that she placed on us. She said that we should both love ourselves and make ourselves small and be proud of our limitless potential but not too ambitious. I was reminded of my own struggle with self-acceptance and having been told that I was pretty, but too dark to ever be beautiful. Why were we doing this to each other back then? How is it still happening to me now? I want to know how we break free of this cycle. I found myself scribbling questions like this frantically, frantically in the margins of my copy of the book, asking them to no one in particular, you know, kind of like a crazy person. (laughs) And I wanted and needed a way to process them. I found myself wondering if other black women had these questions. So I decided to talk to a few. I don't know why those stats come out so much and so often in the articles, like in Essence and stuff about like the plight of the black woman and like we're doomed, we're educated but alone. Being loved feels like completion. I don't think I'm ugly, but I don't know if I always feel beautiful. There are times when I'm just not pleased. And you may be the one who did not please me. Even though we are diverse and we're not a monolith, at the same time, there is this ancestral historical connection. I felt a slight pang of... I didn't pursue anything that my people need. Those thoughts led me to the idea for this podcast, The Colored Girl Beautiful. And in each episode, I talk with Black women about one of the topics from the book. I want to know how other Black women are managing these competing messages that have been passed down to us about love and ambition and racial responsibility and family obligation and friendship and all the other things that Madame Hackley talks about in her book. I want to hear and share stories of Black women being vulnerable and honest about their struggles and successes in navigating Black womanhood today. At the end of the foreword of The Colored Girl Beautiful, Madam Hackley says, I send these thoughts to the daughters of other colored women, hoping that among them there is some new thought worthy of a racial amen. And this is my way of doing just that adding my own new thoughts, as Madam Hackley puts it. I don't know what I'll find, but I hope you'll listen along and we'll figure it out together. Thank you. You know, the showcase happened months before the show was released, and I remember being so nervous about this thing that I was creating 
and I didn't completely know what it was going to look like. And now coming up on the end of season one, (laughs) it's just hard to believe how far we've come in six months. Thanks for being there with us on this journey. The Colored Girl Beautiful was created and is hosted by me, Aselika Smith. This episode was produced by Aselika Smith with editing help from Nicole Hill. Music is from Blue Dot Sessions. Azalea is your family cheering you on at a school play. You're embarrassed, but glad she's there, too. We'll be back with the final episode of season one on January the 7th. It's been an amazing season, in large part because you've listened and you've encouraged us to keep going. We cannot thank you enough. And don't worry, the season will be ending, but we've still got some awesome content for you. So be sure to stay subscribed. For everything you ever wanted to know about the show and the original book that inspired the show, you can visit coloredgirlbeautiful.com. There you can subscribe to our newsletter, follow us on social media, or purchase your very own Colored Girl Beautiful t-shirt. If you like what you hear, send this episode to a friend. We appreciate your help getting the word out. And if you have a moment, give the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. Links for both in the show notes. The Colored Girl Beautiful is produced with support from PRX and the Google Podcast Creators Program. Thank you so very much for listening. We'll see you in two weeks.